Hello and welcome back to Covenant Conversations. You are joined with Ashton Esther. Very, very grateful today. Thankful that, you know, God has just blessed us to see another time where we can give thanks to him and just glorify him. The end of the week feels like it couldn't have come any sooner. Today I am in my living room, the lovely desk, the black one. Um, I have an amazing friend with me today who is going to basically switch positions with me, which I am super nervous about because normally I'm the one who's asking people questions and like having to steer covenant conversations. So yeah, it's um, a bit different for me to be in like the interviewee seat. Um, You guys are going to hear my salvation story, how I came to Christ, the vulnerable moments, the honest moments, and some of the most incredible supernatural experiences that I've ever had with God. Moronke, thank you so much for coming on and volunteering to ask me these questions. My pleasure. How does it feel to be in the hot seat? Do you know what? I'm actually really scared to be in the hot seat. I can't lie because I'm just like, um, Why? <laughs> what do you do here? <laughs> <laughs> okay we'll we'll start we'll start simply and slowly the first thing what would you name your story if you had to give your testimony a name Ashtonesta style I would probably call my story I'd probably say the underdog oh give us some history (laughs) saying that (laughs) I love it give us some history um I would say the underdog I think there's a reason why God gave me the name Esther Esther was just the underdog. I don't think anyone expected for her to have been the orphan, to being in a palace. Um, I think a lot of people underestimated me um, throughout my life. I think I underestimated me. Didn't know how God could use me in this way. And I think if I'm going to be honest, I think my entire family, I don't know if they would have guessed that I would be the one to give my life to Christ. And so in many ways, I was the youngest of the family. I was the one who was seen to kind of go on to do the academic life didn't really like no one really pushed me in the sense of my creativity or anything I think genuinely even today like someone asked me like how do you have 3,000 followers and I to be honest to this day I have no clue I genuinely feel like (laughs) God just does stuff in my life and I'm just like wow God I'm such an underdog like I genuinely don't think anyone expects me to be in the places and spaces and have the people around me that I do have and just very humbling do you find that still today even whilst you're in Christ and how does how does that how does that help you when it comes to really trusting in the promises God has for you that that history of underdog and such a surprise oh wow you're creative and it's like of course I'm creative I'm a child of God yeah I think it helps me to never put God in a box to never think that God can't use someone he uses the most unlikely. And I think I was the unlikely. None of my friends Mm. expected such a radical kind of change in my life and who I was and my character Mm. to happen. And I think that Mm. it it challenges me every day to go, if God can do it with you, Ashtonesta, that person on the street that you're struggling to speak to, he can do it with that person too. Like there is no one too far gone. There's no one too popular. There's no one that I don't, place God in a box and say, you can only speak to that person or you can only use me in this way. I'm just Mm. like, God, whatever you want to do, use me. Wow. Okay. I want to hear, I know that you absolutely love Jesus. You know, you're sold out for the Lord. You don't care if the whole world say you with us or you with the Lord, because you're going to say, 
then I'm with the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) What were some perceptions you had of Jesus and the faith before you entered? Like, be honest with us. Even some things that you were like, that now you look back and you're like, how did I manage to think that? Well, did you even know any Jesus? Did you? So it's so weird. And it's so weird how my life has been set up because I wouldn't necessarily say that the name Jesus was used in my household, but everyone talks about a God, right? Mm. There's always a higher power around and always that. So to say that I knew the name Jesus when I was younger, I don't actually know if I did. I think at secondary school was the time that they kept speaking about this Jesus who, you know, died on a cross. I knew the story, but I don't know if I genuinely related to him. Like as a, I was just like, he's a good guy in it. Like he died for people. Like that's cool. Like, (laughs) Didn't think he died for me. Didn't think it was personal. I just thought that's a really cool thing. Like he must be a really popular guy. And I learned about Mm. um, the story of like the Easter story, all of that stuff at school. And I just learned it to pass an exam. A star in Ari. Oh, like that's not even to I don't say I got an A star in RE to boast about it, but it's to say that I learned so much about Jesus that I could recite scripture. because you had to memorize scripture you have to we had to memorize the book of um the book of mark so i knew the book of mark like the back of my gcse or a level re gcse christianity i don't know what board you was doing i know me doing that i know i think we did aqa but um yeah i literally memorized the the book of mark like the back of my hand like, i knew every single story i could analyze it i could tell you what a word meant i like i knew everything but it's so funny you know when people say you can read the bible and if you don't have the holy spirit you'll never get the revelation i never had the revelation but mm. i had an understanding of who jesus was and that was it wow that's powerful sis that's powerful i think a lot of people think that it's just as easy as reading the word mm. but it's like you, you've got a helper the holy spirit for a reason who teaches you who gives you revelation and that's so special that even though you knew that what you were saying about the fact that being an underdog meant that you you, you could never box god in that that's part of it god can't you can't box him in you can't you can't outsmart god you can't out know god mm. Okay, I wanna I wanna get into the meat. I wanna get girl how when did you say Jesus? Come on, I want your eternal life. Come on, tell us the story. Tell us what led up to it as well. Give us some give us uh, some pathway. Sis, you know what? Yeah, when people say that, I'm like, I literally tell Jesus that every day, like <laughs> but, okay, if I'm gonna be real and like go back to the beginning, and I was like, Jesus, this is it. So I think throughout childhood, I went to church with friends just for a social thing. Like it was cool that all my friends were going to church on Sunday. I was like, I'll come with you guys, isn't it? Like you man, like I'll come with you. To get into secondary school, I went to to Catholic school. Um, Mm. I guess to get places, I went to church. Never really had a proper encounter with God or anything. Like could sing the songs because it's easy to sing those songs. In terms of finding Jesus and going, you know, he found me to be honest. Um, that was Hallelujah. I had just got into a relationship actually my first ever relationship at 18 I'd lost my virginity and sis was open like sis was open to any spirit that came back um 
<laughs> she said she was open. Tesco so, is not as open as yeah, sis was. Yeah, sis was open. So sis had like, <laughs> you know, when you, I don't know. I don't know if anyone else can relate to this. Yeah. But it's like when you have your first like partner or whatever, and you, after you have sex, it's kind of just like, that's it then. Like, <laughs> it's like, raw. like I gave up. <laughs> and the thing is I wasn't saving myself for God like but all my friends had the like religious aspect or the cultural aspect I didn't even have no aspect it was just me <laughs> just you me. said I have nothing like, I just wanted control like I didn't want the cookie to be given to no one like mm-hmm. I was just like I'm doing this um and it was straight after I actually did that um not long after um that I got a phone call. I think it was genuinely yeah, like two weeks after I I got a phone mm. call from my um my brother a random Saturday, basically being like, "Hey Ash, do you have an exam today?" I was like, "No, it's a Saturday." In the midst of my A levels, I had attitude back then, guys. Um, Jesus. Back then, no, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. She saved the same time. And yeah, I had the phone call, and my brother was just like. Uh, dad's mum who's grandma she's died and I was like wait what like healthy woman um a woman of faith a woman who had everything like she genuinely like she didn't want for anything but she didn't have what the world would call riches but she was rich like I don't know how to describe that everyone loved her her garden was always open her house was always open you know kids who were skating down the road would come over to hers for lunch and then go back to the wow that kind of woman right so when a phenomenal woman like that dies, the whole world feels it. The whole street feels it, right? And can I ask, was she a believer? Yes. So wow. she was a believer and you could tell like her fruits were there. Like her garden was ripe with fruit. Let's just put it that way, literally and also wow. metaphorically. After that, I came back to uh, where my dad's family are from started doing funeral planning literally straight after and I remember I asked my aunt like how did she die and she said that she was reading psalms and I said like okay cool like what psalms was she reading and I can't even for the life of me remember which psalms it was but I think it's psalm 103 but yeah I would double check that but she was basically reading a psalm and it didn't resonate with me in that exact moment we went through a whole funeral stage by that time my boyfriend called me to let me know that he basically nearly slept with a girl at a party um so that relationship ended quickly um no more sex for me and Mm. I was literally just like rah okay cool what do I do now going to university in the um September and it was around that time that I just said I have to make a choice now and I knew like I don't know what it was but it was like the god that she served like that must have been an incredible encounter. She just fell asleep reading her Bible at this Psalms 103. And I was just like, that's an incredible way to die. And I actually thought about death. And I thought about what will happen to me when I die? Where am I going? Who is up there? Who did my grandma pray to every night when I stayed over in her bed? All of those questions flooding back. And I said, I have to find the answer. So it was literally me just seeking and seeking him and finding him and then seeking him a bit more and I don't know the moment where I said you know I give you my life did the whole sinner's prayer I must have done a sinner's prayer 
more times than I was going to ask, how many times did you Seriously, read the vote? You know when they're like, would you like to give? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then like, I expect to have this radical thing where like, I don't know, Jesus appears in front of me and he's like, you are now mine. But I didn't have that. And I was like, so am I saved? <laughs> like, can I sit down now? Like, <laughs> so I would just get up, sit down, get up, sit down. I think my friends were looking at me like, yo, man. <laughs> I did it at the, the Pentecostal church. I did it at the, 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 the evangelistic church. I did it at the Anglican church. Don't ask her her denomination. She been everywhere. I said any guy of any denomination. <laughs> As long as we believe in Jesus and the one God, I'm going to give my yeah, life here. I know Jesus had me in like 2016, but when he really, really had me, it was like 2018. Let's not lie. So Okay. And what's the difference? What was the difference between that? Re- he really had me. What did you really give to him? What did you yield? What did you surrender? How did you change? the choice to have a baptism. And the choice to have my baptism changed everything because it was a public declaration. My family thought I was in a cult. They were so confused because I was all of a sudden talking about Jesus, Jesus. I think my whole Instagram was full of Jesus, still is, but my whole Instagram was really full of Jesus. Um, Mm. She squeezed me and I'd be like, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) She said squeeze me. Um, Her laugh would be Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. No, honestly, I was having these encounters, these dreams. It was like, I said to God, like, I'll, publicly declare you what do you want Mm. and I went on this fast I'll never forget it before I went before I had my baptism I went on this fast and Mm. because I'll never forget the advice that people gave me is as soon as you say that you're gonna get baptized it's like the enemy just comes for you so I was like this enemy yeah I'm sorry but I'm not having it so I was like okay I'm just gonna fast so I went on this fast and I was getting attacked but also like blessed at the same time and it was just so random and wow. I just had these dreams, these encounters where I genuinely said, there is a God. There is a God. Like, there has to be a God. Hallelujah. And he asked me to do a few things for my baptism. So one of the things that God asked me to do is reconcile with my father. He said, if you're going to claim me as your heavenly father, I want you to reconcile with your earthly one. And mm. let me tell you guys, this very, very deep wounds, very, very hard story. And one that, I think it would take me decades to talk about fully in depth. Mm. Um, But I reached out and I said, like, I'm getting baptized. Now, for me, like a newly born Christian believer to reach out to my dad who had professed Islam as his religion, to reach out to him and go, I want you to come to this baptism where I proclaim a different God. What do you think? And yes. And like, for me, it was such a moment of, okay, cool. Um, So I'm going to do it. And I, I, you know, I invited my mom, I invited all my family. Um, Question, did you ever expect that he would say yes? If I'm honest, I've always been the daddy's little girl, right? So I Mm. kind of thought my dad would say yes because of me. Mm. But I also thought that the baptism side of it would have meant that he'd say no. Okay. So I, I would have thought he would have been conflicted with the choice, but he chose to come. And, you know, my friend said that my dad was cheering me on. He was my biggest cheerleader at the time when I gave my life to Jesus. Wow. And to be honest, around that time, I think everything changed for me. I just became like radical. I, I can't even explain it, but there was just a fire in me. 
and like wow. couldn't be quenched every si- I'd be like I'm just in my room doing this I'm just watching a sermon notes were just mm. all over my room like it was just <laughs> it, it was a moment to really remember where I think everyone around me was just like what the hell is going on with her I thought I loved him before but it was like a deeper love for Jesus mm. worship. You know, I would have my own prophetic songs. Didn't even know the prophetic. I would hear prophet in my dreams before I knew what prophet was. Like wow. I, Jesus came and he just said, I've got you. Like you're it. Mm. You're chosen. That was it. Since I've got so, I've got so many questions from, um, from your grandma to, um, you being obedient to um, reach out to your father um what what is an encounter with God for the people who don't know because sometimes we throw these things and you mentioned that you you've had a few and what different types have you had and how how was that evolved what was your first perception of it what did you think was going on did you think someone spiked your drink and you are now doing LSD and you were hearing this or that okay so if I'm honest I think it was really scary at first for me. So what I would say is an encounter is when you, when you first realize the presence of God, right? That's that's how I describe an encounter because I think God is all around you. I think he has encounters with you every single day. Jesus knocks at the door waiting. Um, But I think when you realize that you're so present in like, he's there like he's Mm. within you and he's next to you and I think that changes everything so one of the most vivid encounters I can ever say that kind of traumatized me but kind of helped me um was wow I remember having a because when God speaks like I'm telling you guys it's like thunder like God doesn't speak and it's just like (laughs) this When God speaks, it's like thunder, lightning, rain. All of that has just happened in your midst. And you can't even comprehend that he just, you just heard something. I remember um, being in my room and just saying, Jesus, I need more of you. I I must have said that so many times. I, I turned off my lights and I just said, Jesus, I need more of you. I would open up my Bible and say, where do you want me to read? And I just go, mm. I'm going to follow your lead. And I genuinely, mm. like, I just followed the Holy Spirit. Like, wherever he wanted me to go, I just went, right? And I was just going. I remember one night, God said, I'm going to teach you about this. And I I literally just opened my book. And it was as if the book came alive. And I said, God, Beautiful. whatever is in this book, you know, it talks about angels. I want to experience the angelic. God, if it's supernatural, I want to experience the supernatural. And I just asked God to be literal. I said, God, I don't want this God that everyone talks about. And I'm talking to my friends who have been saved for years and they're telling me they have never had an encounter with God. What does Mm -hmm. that mean? I said, God, that's not me. I can't do that. So I had this dream and it was actually before I got baptized, I had a dream, um, And it was so vivid that I felt like it was real life. And I remember being in my room and walking outside of my room and this man was coming towards me, beautiful man, so beautiful. And he was walking towards me and he was about to say something. And before he spoke, I literally went to go and kick him down the stairs because I was like, I'm freaked out because I thought he was about to rob me. Like, it was a man in my house. Everybody, let's stop, let's stop. She didn't kick... Let go back and say that again. 
No, but even I don't think I, I heard what I just heard. No, you I saw know. who and you did what? I know, beautiful man, amazing. Wow. And I knew I knew him, but I just couldn't fathom someone being in my house. So I just kicked him. I know, but I didn't. And where did he go? No, but sis, where did he go? So I didn't really kick him. It was just like, I went to kick him and then like mm. spoke. So anyway, so he was like, Ooh. spoke and he said my name. And as soon as he said my name, it was like, everything just faded away and I wasn't scared anymore. And um, he said, like, follow me. And so I, I did like, <laughs> I don't know who <laughs> her dream but yeah so I just from kicking him, him to follow him when you hear that voice that's something that's really integral and I heard a voice and um wow. I just went downstairs and I remember going into our living room and then going into our kitchen and he said look around and there was like literally like you know in crime scenes where there's like loads of like points where they're trying to take fingerprints yes. like that. in this dream it was like that but they found nothing like the people didn't take anything. They tried to steal from me. This is what the man told me, but they, they took nothing. They took nothing from you. And I was like, okay, cool. And then, um, then he walked me out and it was like, we went into this new place and it was like a mansion. I can't even describe it. It was white mm. and it was gold and it was be- like nothing like I'd ever seen and I went into the one room and I went to another room and there was another room and another room and then another room. And he said, in my father's house, there are many rooms. And then I went downstairs yeah. and I saw this party, like everyone was dressed in white and it was my family and people I knew and people who had died and for my former life and from my present life. And I was just so confused. And I just said like, who are all these people celebrating? And he said, um, you know, heaven rejoices when a soul is saved. and I said like who's the party for and they were like it's you and at that Mm. moment I had what I could only describe as a moment where God made what is in the Bible come to life for me and I was so beautiful I can't believe I know this God and um I remember telling um, Nia Cerise and at the time we weren't friends Mm. and I had loads of dreams that I would be friends with Nia Cerise loads wow and I remember telling her like I had this dream and and she just was like sis God's speaking to you Mm. and I'm like yeah yeah, whatever and she's like no 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 God's speaking to you and like her and Debbie at the time who I also wasn't friends with came to Mm. um at Abide and um yeah she prayed for me and she prophesied things over my life said that things were going to happen and they have and praise god um, yeah and that was genuinely the moment where i said i take you every single word you every single word you say in that bible god i take you for it Mm. i expect things from god wow so that was my first encounter and i'd probably say that i've had in in my diary at the moment i have over 900 dreams wow so dreaming is a big part of your life do you try do you try to dream or do you just allow God to do what he does you know some people might think okay God I'm going to make myself sleep and say something do you just what do what happens with you I must understand that that's beautiful if I'm honest right at first I just went to sleep 
had these dreams, I would go to sleep and probably have about five dreams and I'd be woken up to write all of these dreams down. Like genuinely, I would go to sleep. 1am, I'd wake up and the Holy Spirit would say, write it down. I'd go Mm. back to sleep and the Holy Spirit would say, write it down. I'd go back. And I never had a full night's sleep. I hardly have full night's sleep because of it. But there were moments where I let sin get in the way and so my dreams mm. started to be perverted. My dreams would start to become attacks. All of these different things that happen mm. when the enemy is let in. So would I say that constantly I always have dreams that are of God? No. Do you think you can have dreams that are not of God even when you are being obedient? Do you think that the enemy does? Yeah, I think know? he can. I think he mm. can get in your mind. I think he can get into what you really want, your deepest desires, all of those things. So you have to mm. you have to read the word and you have to say, does it align with it? But what Mm. I would say is that I never stopped dreaming. There were moments where I was like, God, can you let me know in a dream? And he would, I can't Mm. lie to you. Like he would really answer me in dreams because God speaks, you know, it even says in Job, God speaks to, to, God is always speaking, whether it's in a dream, it's, he's always speaking. So it's not like he doesn't, like he stops and he's like, yeah, I'm not going to do it anymore. He's always trying to speak Mm. to you. But for me, I know that I always make a joke that God has to put me to sleep because I talk too much. So at least then in the dream, I'll listen. Mm-hmm. And I think that this genuinely boy does. Wow. That is so interesting because, you know, <laughs> the world of encounters and the way in which people experience encounters, it's, it's, it's just, it's literally a whole nother realm, yeah. a whole nother realm. And did you know to, did the dreams that came to you before you accepted Jesus hint at anything? Did you, you know? Um, yes, actually, some of the gifts that God had given me, because I believe that all gifts are irrevocable, right? And I believe with these gifts. So Mm. some of the gifts that I knew God gave me was words of wisdom. I had words Mm. of wisdom from a very, very young age. People would say, you're an old soul. You're wise beyond your years. Mm. I would know things. I'd have information. I'd have advice for people that genuinely I had no experience with. I also would say that I had words of knowledge. Like I knew things that shouldn't have known. It's like I had a dream one day and then I'd wake up the next day and I'd tell you I had a dream and then you it would happen to you that day. I remember like wow. having a dream and telling my mom, mom, I just had this dream. Um, and I just thought I'd let you know so that like, you know, if it does happen, then at least I told you. And my mom would ring me the next day and say, Ashton, I don't know what kind of things are happening in your dreams, but it's like it, it happened exactly the way you had it. How did that make you feel how did that what 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 did you think all of that was I bet there are people listening thinking oh yeah I've had some some stuff like that but who's it from what is it I genuinely didn't understand I just thought dreams are cool that's it (laughs) if you see the look this girl no like honestly because I know people try to make this whole like spiritual thing about it I genuinely just thought dreams are cool like whatever didn't even know that I could have a relationship with God where God could tell me things I genuinely didn't know that I just thought dreams were cool like that was it like I would tell my Mm. nana she liked to interpret dreams she also was you know a woman of faith but I just didn't Mm. brush them up I didn't go grandma knows God so then she must know dreams that I didn't know that I just thought she just knew about dreams like it was an old wives tale so I'm gonna be honest (laughs) yeah I don't know and I never it never occurred to me that it could have been from a god um Mm. 
but I can't lie when I look back over my life that's why I say I'm an underdog well I was an underdog because when I look back over my life I see that Mm. it's like God gave me crumbs from the table speak on it and it's like when I look and I see like okay you had that gift you had that gift you had that gift Mm. and then now it's like God using the gift for the thing that it was made for I'm like why didn't I know that before so even with the dreams like the prophetic I genuinely should have known (laughs) since you should have known there was something I had no idea and even when he said that I was like don't like that I'm not gonna do it I was a Jonah for some of the things that God showed me I was a Jonah I ran away went into a big fish got swallowed up said okay God I'm coming back came back to do my thing so yeah I can't lie to you and say that that all the dreams I followed didn't follow most of them Mm. there's probably about 600 that I'm looking at like "Mm." so how has your journey with obedience to God been is obedience something that you come into the faith that is that you're just gonna be it what is that like I think there's this expectation that because you love God you will always obey Mm. but I think sometimes I think the right phrase is because you love God you want to always obey but it's not always easy you know what you did um inviting your father to your baptism is not easy but you followed through but then you mentioned in Christ there were things that you know you were you were told and showed that you didn't follow through with what's a big takeaway you can give us about how your understanding of obedience Mm. has been shaped and crafted by what you've learned so far in your journey with Christ in scripture it says if you love God you will obey his commands right so I guess when I don't obey his commands I don't love him that much I love myself more wow do you know what sis (laughs) Let's talk about it. What? What? That's big, you know. Many of us want to. We love God and we want to follow. But if we don't follow, do we really love him? And so uh, it's been a journey. I think genuinely I was an independent girl from a very, very young age. And it has played a part in my obedience to God. I say that because not having a father that you had to listen to means that you made your own decisions, you made your own choices, and they were all based Mm. on what you wanted, your flesh. How does Ashton feel? That's what happened for my entire life, right? Listening to mom, yeah, mom would enforce certain things, but I wouldn't say that we were unruly children to the point where she had to be so strict. It wasn't necessarily a thing where I ever really had to follow anyone apart from myself. So because of that, I was so confused when I learned about rules. Like, I just was so confused. Like, what do you mean you want things? <laughs> I thought you were the guy who did things for me. Like, now you want things better. Wow. Like, I didn't understand that. Like, I was so confused by that. So when you talk about obedience, like genuinely, most of the things that I did that was obedience now when I look back at it was out of love. Mm. I posted him out of love. Like mm. genuinely, I was so in love with him that whatever he said, I would do. And that's what happens when you're in love with someone. Yeah. Whatever they want, you want to give them because you want to please them. You want to make Ooh. sure they're happy. You want to make sure that they are feeling like you understand them, that you've listened to them, that you hear them. The times mm. when I haven't been obedient to God is the times when I wasn't that in love with him. I wasn't. Wow. I loved other things more. I loved the opinions of man more. 
I loved. Mm. The, mm. One of the biggest lessons I've learned is that if I love God, I'll obey his commands. And another lesson I've learned is a word that I always keep with me. And um, I actually painted it and it's called let's walk on water. I have learned to walk on water with God, to believe in his miraculous powers, to take mm. him at everything he says he is. And to go on an adventure that to others looks absolutely crazy who are staying on a boat. But if I'll ever get anywhere is to walk on water with God, to believe that he can take me to places that other people haven't walked before. Wow. Isn't she so poetic? <laughs> Ooh, child. Do you know what? I noticed that in for two different sections, you men- mentioned your grandma. I'm very intrigued to hear about some of the things your grandma said to you, well, before you accepted Christ and the revelation you got once you were in Christ. Because I can imagine with all that godly wisdom, mm. there's there were gems that you took and you were like, yeah, but then once you were with Christ, it was like, oh, there's more. Is there anything that comes from the top of your head? Or even just her character, understanding it more. There's two things that she said, and then I'll tell you about how she walked. So Mm. one thing my grandma said to me is always be good to people. And at the time, I thought being good to people was just like, yeah, yeah, sometimes I'll listen to them. Just be a nice (laughs) person. Um, But I have learned through my walk, be good to people. Mm. be good to people and that means sometimes outdoing people in honor it means sometimes allowing your own interests to die it means dying to yourself and being good to people showing people goodness because it's hard and um, it's not an easy thing so I would say one is that she never she and then even the way she walked that out my grandma took in cousins that I had from my mom's side who didn't have their fathers in their life so when I went to go and stay at my grandma's my cousins would come with me she never said no to a child Wow. never and even when I was like ah so annoying my grandma would be like I'm not just your grandmother wow like she would never ever ever turn away someone um one of her good friends their child had a baby um and they had their house renovated she let them stay in our house for what was supposed to be a month. They ended up staying for around nine months. My grandma never turned them away. She said to me, always Jeez. be good to people. And that has stuck with me. And the second thing my grandma said to me is, Ashton, never pray for money. And I always used to be like, what? She was like, always say your prayers, but never pray for money. And I was like, why shouldn't I pray for money? Like, what the heck? Like, mm. I need money to survive, right? My grandma's mantra was God gives you every single thing that you need. That woman never prayed for money in her life and never lacked once. When Mm. you are walking in the will of God, when you are doing everything right, when you are stewarding the things that he's given you, God will give you provision. God will give you everything you you ever asked. When you start to make all of your prayers about material things, you miss the heart of it. That takes trust. Wow. <laughs> Never turning someone away. That is that's so special because the character of Christ just shines when you when you hear about your grandmother. And you know, we were recently talking today um about glory, weren't we? And that that's the manifestation of the goodness, the greatness, the the wonder of God. And how how was that story specifically of how she doesn't turn people away away? 
impacted you and your heart because it's real easy in this time when people are like oh you got your own house it's real easy to keep everything as yours how how has that helped you to open your heart Mm, well one of the things I told God about this place was that God I'll I'll use this place to glorify you and that I'll Mm. never turn your child away and that was a promise I made to God um Mm. on purpose because I actually just looked at my grandma's life and I was like if there's one thing I've learned from her it's that she just had an open house and I think that Jesus is a perfect example of that you know even the guy who needed his healing his friends put him through a roof there's always an opening for Jesus Mm. there's always a way to get in with him and then you look at the woman who touched his garment there's always a way to get in with Jesus He's never exclusive, Mm. always inclusive. And so for me personally, like that's what I try to be. So some days I'm exhausted. Like I said to my man the other day, I said, I remember at the start of October, I was like, no one's coming round. Like I'm not having no one. I'm tired of having people. What did I do? (laughs) I booked up my schedule. I had someone coming over every weekend. I said, Um, even when I don't want to, God always makes a way for me to fulfill the promises I made. That is, stay, that is something that will always stay with me. That's not to say that every single person will be around every single minute of the day, but it is to say that I have to account for interruptions. And that's mm. what I'm trying to live by. I just don't want to be exclusive. That's Jesus right there. That is Jesus right there. Sis, what do you know now that you wish you'd known before? That you wish, that you think would have, helped you and would help other people listening that suffering is a promise who I thought it was supposed to be easy I wish someone had told me that I was going to suffer that persecution would come that things would happen that hard things would happen because then I wouldn't be angry at God for it because I'd know exactly what I signed the contract for I wish someone read out to me the terms and conditions because I think everyone talks about God is love all the time and I don't think people talk about the fact that actually he still loves you but we suffer in this world but that he's gonna overcome it but we still will suffer. And I think that those little moments, the the thorn in the flesh, all of those little things I wish someone had told me about. And I also wish that someone had told me that your entire, as a woman, your entire Christian life isn't about whether you're married or not at the end of it. I wish someone had told me that my entire life is not built on whether a man chooses me or not whether Mm. a man looks at me and says she's a good thing, that God had already looked at me and said I was a good thing Mm. way before a husband ever looked at me and said I'm a good thing. And that if I was never in a relationship, if I never had any, anyone else, my relationship with Jesus was enough. Um, Because I then wouldn't have wasted my days pining for people. I would have spent my days seeking and searching and fulfilling my purpose mm. and when I s- realized that right like what's this thing like, uh, like you might <laughs> not go to the conferences for like finding your boas like what the heck like what's this nah man no. like we've got things to do in the kingdom like what so god like we're just made for man like <laughs> what <laughs> when I realized that things changed because I was like wait 
there ain't no man gonna take me away from my purpose now like my purpose and my um the reason I am here came before whether someone else would choose me or not Mm-hmm. you know and I started to get a prophecy like you know if you just if you just find your purpose your man's gonna find you if you just did this and I remember like you know hearing prophecies about your husbands yeah you'll start to follow them you'll follow them to your grave You'll now be oh, okay. oh, <laughs> gonna be today. Maybe I need to dress up for church today. Ah, oh, is it gonna be at this place? Okay, at this conference, I have to do this. Get this sister to pray for me because she has a good husband. What Sierra, what's your prayer? And you start to live your life around men. Jesus is our reward. Someone I used to know basically told me um something that really stood true to me. He said, to be honest, if most of you women would stop trying to be from Proverbs 31 woman and start trying to be like Jesus, you'd surpass her. And I sat there and I said, God, mm. say it again, run it back, run it back. If run it most back. of you women would stop trying to be a Proverbs 31 woman and started trying to be like Jesus, you'd surpass her. They have great qualities in a wife and great Ephesians 5 man, great. But if we just focus on Jesus... That's how we give him the most amount of glory. Whew, this girl got fire in that stomach. <laughs> in uni, the last few months, um, a lot had happened, to be honest. Every single year of uni, I'd lost someone in my family. And the last year, I'd lost my nana, who was also of the faith. And I remember sitting there and just being like, God, like, this, this work life after this year, nah. I'm going to be a missionary. I'm going to sell everything because I've realized that none of this matters. Like she died. None of this matters. God, I'm going here, mm. right? I was going to use my deposit that the people them gave give to you after you, yeah. I was going <laughs> to find that. England. I was going to use that, yeah, and go and on a one-way flight to South America. I said, God, give me the tongues in Spanish. Go on a <gasps> one-way Hallelujah. flight to South America and go and preach the gospel. That was my mission. I said, God, I'm wow. going to be a missionary. I'm going to be a Heidi Baker of this generation. That's what I said to him. I said, God, that's my mission. And I remember being with good friend, Nia Cerise. Um, we spent a lot of time together in last year of uni. And I think it's genuinely shaped our future, to be honest. We just seek God, God for our future. We just said, mm. God, we need answers and we need them now. And I remember, I don't even know if he answered in those moments, but there was something he did answer and it was me going to, to my missionary trip. And I remember sitting down with her and um, I said, sis, like, to be honest, all I need you to pray for is my mission trip. <laughs> <laughs> I said, the things on my heart are my mission trip. And then my husband sold out for God and I meet him at the mission trip. Cause I was concerned. Cause I was thinking like, if my husband's here, and I go over there, then how are we going to meet? So I was just concerned <laughs> for the, the intricacies of the, of the plan. <laughs> this girl is, can you see the strategy? Oh, she works with strategy. Oh, I had my own plan. And God said to me, <laughs> what do you say? What do you say? God was like, Shanice already said to me, sis, God doesn't want you to go on the mission. I said, God, that ain't God. <laughs> about sis you must be mad get thee behind me satan she said what if your mission field is in the united kingdom i said united what i said sis shoot south 
America. Say it with me. South <laughs> America. Say it with me. South. Say it in tongues said, with me. <laughs> this said the workplace. I said the workplace. I'm going to work for these people. Nah, I'm working for Jesus. Bro. <laughs> I said I ain't work for a dime. <laughs> I said the whole of my university, I've been doing food and beverage assistant. I said there ain't no one else that I'm working for. <laughs> she said I was food and beverage assistant. <laughs> I was so confused. I said, God, no, that ain't it. And that was the f- one of the times where God actually said, can you be obedient to what I'm calling you to? Obviously, now I look back and I'm like, what a blessing that I didn't go to South America. I don't know what would happen to me over there. When you think that you're being radical for him and radical for him looks so different to him, Ooh, that is one of the biggest big. moments for me in my relationship with God. When he asked me not to do the thing that I thought would have been great for him. Because I'm sure there are people in South America who need the gospel. True. But God's God's yes is your yes and God's no is your no. Exactly. And you we've talked about you know friendships people praying over you and I want to know how being saved has affected your relationships and are there any relationships that kind of went but now they're like yay okay I'll split it so friendship wise a lot of my friends were already saved but some of them weren't some of them were very confused I became very distant I was on this thing of like, if you ain't about Jesus, I ain't about you. So like, I can't lie, I was on crud. Like I was giving my opinions (laughs) here, there and everywhere. I was on my sin. Like I was, I was like, I don't care. And I think now that I look back, I didn't apply wisdom. I just applied zeal. And zeal is good, but you have to be able to have self-control. Yeah, I pushed away, even my cousin, who's now my best friend, I pushed her away at the time. I was literally like, everyone needs to wake up. You know that woman who like walks around (laughs) her house with the pots and pans like at Bad Girls Club and she's like, wake up. (laughs) That was literally me. Like I was so confused that like, I thought everyone was sleeping on Jesus. I was Mm. like, wait, you might have been saved and you didn't tell me about these dreams that you can have. You might have been saved and you didn't tell me about this presence that I could feel. Like genuinely, I was so confused. I was misguided didn't have mentorship or didn't have leadership and I had zeal made Mm -hmm. very very harsh decisions and very very rash decisions um hurt a few people in the run-up and also just within whilst figuring it out um and so yeah I have to put my hands up and say that I had to repent for those situations um in terms of romantic relationships I had romantic relationships in and out of me being like after me being saved I was still talking to people and dabbling in things because in my head yeah I didn't understand the Mm. correlation between having to give up to give up lust and to Mm. love Jesus I didn't get it I didn't fully get it yeah so it was only like a certain amount of time that I had where I was like okay God I think you're asking me to be single so I think like Mm. I muddled Jesus up in my relationships and um it was after like a very long time of having counsel and having people around me who were like, it's not the way we do things here, Ash. Not what it says in your Bible. And I'm like, oh, okay, Mm. I understand that. But I think you, before you make disciples, you have to be willing to disciple them. Mm. Like you have to be willing to, to tell them things. Like I made covenant conversations partially because People need discipleship. They need to hear it from the people who are going through it. And for me at the time, I didn't have anyone telling me things were wrong. They were just like, oh, she'll learn. No, you actually need to tell me like I'm doing stuff wrong. Mm. So I was literally tiptoeing. I was in and out like 
in and out of relationships and finally decided like god if if i'm going to be in a relationship properly then i'm going to let go of these people wow you touched on ministry how does one get into ministry do you need to just if you love jesus you start something um you look at what's not there you make your own way how does it work you don't get into ministry you are the ministry you don't you don't one day go i'm going to get into ministry i genuinely think you follow what god has laid on your heart to do you are obedient Mm. to the small steps and eventually you'll walk to where you're supposed to be i didn't sit down one day and go I want to be this God. So I'm going to go into that office and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do, no, I was just myself. So yeah. before when I was saying like, you know, someone recently asked me about these 3000 followers, I'm just myself. Like they were like, Oh, what, how do you do it? how do you grow your, I'm just myself. Like follow me as I follow Christ. Like I'm just following him. If I look behind one day and I see 3000 and if I look behind and I see three, at least I'm still following him. I'm just, in love with Jesus. Ministry is service. Yeah. I'm serving his children and I guess I'm ministering the gospel, but it's not that I'm, I think, oh, consciously I'm in ministry. You just serve in whatever way you can. Like literally God, Mm. use me. That's it. So, you know, I think this whole marketing strategy and this whole like platform um, and this popularity thing has got in the way of what the true heart was when we first had a love for God. Yeah. And when we just wanted to show people God is like, bruv, like don't paint things out to be like, you know, you have to have these pristine photos and everything has to be <laughs> and you know, you have to make that template because if you don't make that yeah. template, people want no people want to hear the rough the mess the ugly the beautiful the the Mm. hard parts the the slow parts like you know and people would laugh because I made long captions but they'd read it anyway and be ministered to like people would come on encouragement but like be like oh actually that thing that you said a month ago really stood out to me today like I genuinely just didn't care about people and their opinion I cared about people and their salvation genuinely so I don't think I got into ministry. I don't even know if I'm in ministry now. I'm just doing the last thing God told me to do. That's great advice. God's not saying anything. What do I do? Do the last thing God told you to do. Ashanasta, your love for Jesus is <laughs> undeniable. The last thing I wanted to ask you before we close, give us a piece of advice or information or encouragement about doing this walk with Christ or sharing your testimony and I want to know who is Jesus to you oh this is really emotional um following Jesus was the easiest and hardest decision I ever had to make I realize now that it was so worth it Mm. at the time I felt like I lost everything but I didn't care, but I still felt like I lost people. I felt like I lost relationships. I felt like my mom didn't understand me anymore. Um, and I, I turned into a new person and I love the new person that I am now, but I genuinely did feel new. So the advice that I would give you is to count the cost every single day when you choose Jesus. Um, 
it's a really hard walk and I would be lying if I said that every single day I have my scriptures open and I am prophesying and praying and I'm just this girl who you know is perfect and I haven't made perfect decisions and today I probably didn't make a perfect decision and tomorrow I don't know if I'm going to make a good decision and every day I just rely on him so it's to not think that you have to be perfect to be used Mm. you just have to be a willing vessel who wants to be perfected and that's my encouragement that's my advice that I would give you who is Jesus to me he is a friend he is a lighthouse you know what he's the gift I would love to give other people and my own children that's who Jesus wow that was a mic drop (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for your transparency you know for two seasons and by God's grace more you have just been giving us the real real advising us you've been making us laugh you've been setting the scene you've been having your chai latte your water you've been talking us through the real real something that I've just noticed about you um it's just that obedience and that honesty you know so thank you for using your voice thank you for using your creativity thank you for sharing the color orange with us and everyone that was Ashton Esther (laughs) oh my gosh everyone Ashton Esther on the covenant conversations podcast oh this has been so fun Ronke, thank you so much for i love my sis tell my story for asking me the questions the hard ones the ones that I, I didn't know if i even sent you yeah thank you thank you all for listening to find out more and to get more encouragement go to at covenant.conversations you can follow me um but i'm going to actually leave this with a prayer so I'm not actually going to um, speak after. I'm just going to leave this with a prayer. Um, And I'll lead it. So Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for today. I thank you, Lord, for your children who are listening. Father God, I just want to say, Lord, thank you. Because Lord, I don't think I say it enough, Lord, but thank you, Lord. Thank you for seeing me through some of the hardest, some of the worst moments, Lord, of my life, Lord, and using it to glorify you. Father God, I just pray, Lord, that I could encourage your child, Lord, today, that you turn a mess into a message, Father God. You turn a test into a testimony. Father God, that even the hardest moments will be used for the greatest victory. Father God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, in advance for what you're doing in their lives. I thank you, Lord, for how you're using them, for how you glorify yourself through the people who are listening, Father God. I thank you, Lord, for the discipleship that they will get after this, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that even for the new believers, Lord, they will experience you in a new way. Lord, I pray that they would have encounters with you, Lord, that I have had an even better, Father God. Father God, I pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would come into 
their hearts, Lord, and consume them, Father God, that they would never be the same after this, Father God. I pray that they would be able to glorify your name in everything that they do, even if they eat and they drink, Father God. Let it all be for your glory. Let us be obedient to you, Father God, obedient to your word, and in all things acknowledge you for who you are. You are sovereign God. There is no other God. There is no one greater. I thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you, Jesus, for being a friend, a personal savior, and one we can lean on when everyone else deserts us. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray, and we all say, amen. Amen. Covenant family, I love you all.